Pesachim Perk Yod Mishnah Tet. So the Mishnah now brings the Halakha of a Korban Pesach that was not entirely eaten before midnight, which according to the Tana is the is the deadline for eating the Korban Pesach. So Pesach Achar Chatzot Metameteyadam, any meat that is left over from the Korban Pesach after midnight, when it can no longer be eaten, makes the hands that touch it Tameh because it is Notar. Okay, now, notar is the term for sacrificial meat that was not eaten within the allotted time, and one who eats notar gets karet. Now, our Mishnah follows the view of Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah, who holds that the requirements to eat the Korban Pesach before chatzot, before midnight, is biblical. Only according to this opinion does any meat that remains after midnight become notar. According to Rabbi Kivya, however, he holds that the midnight deadline is only the Rabbanan, but Midaraita, you can eat it until the morning. It does not become not until the morning. So this opinion is going to Elizabeth Azariah, who holds that you got until midnight. That's why it says the idea of midnight becomes notar. Hapigul um, vahanotar and the halacha is that pigul, which is basically if a client performs one of the blood services, slaughtering, catching the blood in a bowl, taking the blood to the altar and throwing it on the altar with the intent that it will be eaten or burned on the altar, or it's blown with throwing the altar after the biblically permitted time for that activity. Okay, so let's say the client takes it and he goes, you know what, this is going to be eaten, the rest of this is going to be done after the time, that basically becomes um, pigle. Okay, so Vahanotar, which we discussed, they make the hands tameh. So the rabbis basically decree that Notar makes the hands tameh in order to deter people from neglecting to eat sacrificial meat within the required time. And they also decree that Pigot makes one's hand tameh in order to deter Kohen from having invalidating thoughts in order to disqualify an offering brought by someone he dislikes. So essentially, that's a deterrent. People don't want their hands to become tamed. If the rabbis institute that becomes tamed, they'll, they'll take a bit more care. Now we're going to conclude the Masechta with one more halacha regarding the Korban Pesach. Berach, Berachat HaPesach. If one said the Beracha of the Korban Pesach, okay, so before doing a mitzvah, one usually makes a Beracha. So the Beracha for the mitzvah of eating the Korban Pesach is a Sherkel Shalom B'Mitzvah Tavisivanu Le'echol HaPesach to eat the Korban Pesach. Okay, so one makes this bracha, patar et shel zevach. They are patur from having to make the bracha on the chagiga. So there's a chagiga that's also brought on the 14th of, of Nisan. There's a bracha for that, but if you make the Korban Pesach, uh, the bracha on the Korban Pesach, that covers both of them because the chagiga is secondary to the Korban Pesach because the chagiga is brought to make sure that people are not hungry when eating the Korban Pesach. So it's, that's the main offering, the Pesach the main offering, the Chagiga is secondary to it. Okay, Berach et shel Zevach. However, if you made the Berach on the Zevach, lo patar et shel set Pesach. They've not, you're not exempt from making the Berach on the Korban Pesach. Divrei Rabbi Ishmael. These are the words of Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Akiva on there, Rabbi Akiva says, lo zo patar et zo. The Berach of this one does not patur, does not patar, one for having to say the brach on that one, and this one does not poter, uh, this one does not exempt the other one. Each one is an independent mitzvah, which requires its own bracha. And with that, we conclude Masechet Pesachim, and we start Masechet Shekalim. Shekalim is about the Chatsi Shekel, the half shekel taxed that each Jew was required to pay annually when the when the, when the Betamikdash stood, which basically was used to fund the communal offerings, which were brought each day, as well on special occasions. Now, this this is a mitzvah mid-oraita. It's a biblically commanded mitzvah because the 
Korbanot that were brought in the Besamikdash had private offerings and commune offerings. Commune offerings are those that are brought on behalf of the nation as a whole, such as the Tamid that was brought every day, the Musaf on Shabbat and Rosh Chodesh and the festivals. Since these are commune offerings, they must be paid for by the community, they're not funded by donations, and the Torah requires every Jewish man to have an equal share in them. To this end, we were commanded that each person contributed, each man contributed a fixed amount, half a shekel once a year, to a special temple fund known as the Nishka, from which the money will be taken to buy the animals and other items used in the communal offerings. So that's basically what what is what the half shekel is about. And there's um there's you know there's there's a lot more and we'll uh, we'll dive into Australia and we'll cover it as it comes to Mishnah, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Aleph. So in the times of the Bethlehem Dash, all Jewish men were obligated Minha Torah to contribute Khazi Shekel to pay for the communal offerings. So as mentioned, the daily Tamid or the Musaf. A specific day was chosen to announce this obligation to the people. In connection with this, the Mishnah, Mishnah will mention other announcements made on that day as well. Now, it should be noted in terms of the Mishnah, the Chasi Shekel, the half shekel known as the Shekel, okay? So, in the terms of the Mishnah, the half shekel became known as a shekel. It was called the shekel. A full shekel was called the selah. So, our Mishnah and the commentary, we're basically going to refer to it as the shekel. Even though it's half a shekel, it becomes known as the shekel. So, Bechad ba'adar mashmim al hashekalim. On the first of Adar, messengers of the Bedin, they proclaim in all the communities the obligation to give the shekalim so that the people should give them to the Beth Amikdash by the end of Adar. Okay, so essentially, we, we learned that the Chachamim learned from a Pasuk that beginning with the first of Nisan, all common offerings had to be purchased with new Shekhalim contributed for that year. So the Shekhalim had to be paid before the beginning of Nisan during the month of Adar. Okay, so they announced it during on the first of Adar because it's 30 days beforehand, at which time, so so that's enough time to prepare for it. So they announced for the Shekhalim, for Al Hakilayim, they also made a proclamation on the first of Adar in regards to the prohibition of Kilayim, which is planting different species such as wheat of together or let them grow together in the field okay they instruct those who have such a mix to grow in the field to reduce the amount of foreign plants to less than 1 24th of the total growth of a field in this way the mixture is no longer considered kilayim so for example if you've got barley shoots that are growing in a wheat field the farmer must uproot enough of the barley plants so that what remains of them is less than the 24th of the total crop and this was made on the first of adar because that is when grain typically begins to grow and becomes apparent which one of the foreign grows in the field so when things start to grow a bit more ah you look at our women that's my wheat field i've got a bit of barley going to make sure it doesn't get too much so that's going to be kilayim we're going to learn in the third mishnah another significant date with regards to the collection of shikalim that's the 15th now we're going to see there's other events that occur this day. On the 15th day of, the, of, of Adar, Korin, as a Megillah Bekrakin, we read the Megillah in walled cities, and the Betdin, or the people acting on their, on, on their behalf, does the following. They begin to repair the roads and the marketplaces from the damages that resulted from the winter rains. Okay, so that will be ready for when people start traveling to the to, uh, to Yerushalayim, to the Betta Mikdash, uh, over Pesach, Vesa Mikvaot, Hamayim, and they, and they repaired the Mikvaot by cleaning out the mud that fell in them during the rainy season. Um, so the better the better then we'll go to check the mikvah to make sure that they had the right amount of water in there, replenish them if necessary. So again, there's all in preparation for the fact that in a month's time people were going to be getting ready to go to the to to the better mikdash. For us in Arabim, they attend to all the needs of the public. Uh, which had you know a wide range of legal and ritual activities, such as judges judging cases, dealing with nedarim, preparing the paral duma, uh, unlocking the water systems to make the water available. 
Okay, so that all these things that have not yet been accomplished, so they, they've been, they, they basically would have been completed by the end of Adar. Again, this, these all have to be completed by Nisan. They also mark the graves whose markings were washed away in the winter rains. So graves were marked by lime poured out around the area of the graves. This was needed so that people who need to be Tahar such a Kohanim could avoid these areas. So the, the lime would be washed away over the winter, so they would redo that in the summer. Uh, in the, with the start of the summer of Yosin, Af Al-Kilam, and they also go out to inspect the fields for growth of Kilaim among the crop and to uproot any one that they found. So we've basically warned them, and the first we warned them of them, to, but some people might not have listened, so they now go out and they, and they uproot it, and we're going to learn a bit more about that soon. Have a great day.